Hello. I watched Spider-Man No Way Home yesterday. Or I guess, well, by the time you guys see this, it'll be Sunday. So two days ago, I watched Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And just, just to kick this off, I truly think it is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, now, I understand a lot of people could, you know, think that it's almost like a honeymoon phase. Like that's sort of like my first, you know, reaction because of the lust and everything like that. No, I, I truly do believe that this is the best Spider-Man film I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to go see it again probably tonight, um, maybe tomorrow, but uh, I'm definitely going to go see it in the coming, the next coming days. Um, but anyways, welcome back everybody to Unbashful, and I am really excited, excuse me as I drink my coffee here, I'm really excited for another week and another opportunity for me to sit in front of this mic, and in front of this camera, and discuss the things that I love. Now, for those of you who do not follow me on social media, you are probably wondering why there wasn't an episode last week, and let me explain myself. So, I don't like to cancel any episodes, and I haven't canceled any episodes up until last week. I really only don't want to can sorry, I really don't want to cancel episodes unless I feel like there is a situation that is just absolutely taking up all my time. That's a priority that I need to take care of. And realistically, last week, I probably could have fit in the time to do this podcast. But number one, the, well, there's two reasons why. Uh, number one, I was really, really busy with school. I'll just come out and say it. I had school, I had exams, projects, group presentations, you know, every everything that you can expect. Uh, and... I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't squeeze in enough time to do a proper show because there's a difference between me doing an episode and me doing a, an episode that is great quality, right? And that's always my, my priority when I, when I do these podcasts is I want to do something that people are actually going to want to listen to, right? If I just am almost trying to meet like an agenda and I'm just like, okay, I got to get this episode done. I got to get this episode done. I have to meet, you know, this deadline or whatever, then the quality is going to obviously drop. And, I, and that's that's not what I wanted to do. So I figured, you know, realistically, I probably can fit a podcast in this week. But do I really want to do that and clearly show, you know, to the camera and through my voice that, you know, I, I'm stressed, I'm dealing with school. I just, I, I don't want to do that. I, you guys don't deserve that. If you guys are going to spend your time to listen to my podcast, you know, it's my job to provide the most uh, top quality and entertaining content that I can. Uh, so with that being said, we are back. We are here and I'm excited to go for episode 14. Uh, and if you follow me on social media, I sort of recorded myself right out of the theater and gave my initial uh, impressions. Well, not really impression. Well, the only thing I said was that I think this is the best Spider-Man film of all time. And then I said on my Instagram story, I said, if, uh, tune in for Sunday. And I'm going to give my further details. And that is what we are doing today. So let's get right into it. Let's not waste any more time with the introduction. Uh, so just to be clear, for those of you listening, this is a non-spoiler discussion. In the coming days, or probably next episode, I'm going to begin that episode giving my spoiler or my my spoiler uh, thoughts. And I'm going to just jump right into it. I'm not going to hold anything back. Uh, but I'm not going to do that right now because the film has only been out, at least in North America, for a couple days by the time 
episode 14 here comes out tomorrow. Uh, and I wrote down a lot of notes, a lot of things I want to say. Uh, just because this is a note, this is a spoiler-free discussion, I still got tons of things I want to say. Um, and let's kick it off. So the first thing I want to say is Spider-Man No Way Home is obviously an MCU film. We all know that. It's it's a produ- it's a Marvel production. Uh, we all know that Kevin Feige is, you know, he's got a, he's got both hands on the wheel with all the homecoming movies as well. And and we all recognize that, you know, Doctor Strange is in it, you know, Wong is in it. There's clearly elements and characters to, you know, show the audience that this is an MCU film. Now, with that being said, I do feel like this film in particular, out of the, you know, the entire trilogy now, I feel like No Way Home, out of, you know, From Far From Home, Homecoming, I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home is the most self-contained Spider-Man film in the MCU thus far. And what do I mean by that? I mean, like, it, it feels just... It just feels like a, like a Spider-Man movie. Now, I, I know that might be confusing, but let me just use, like... You know, for example, let's use one of the other Spider-Man films. Like, you know, the, the Toby and the Andrew films. Those films, obviously, were self-contained in, in, in Sony. And at the time, they weren't partnering with Marvel. So, you didn't hear any references about the Avengers or, or any, you know, other external threats that the, you know, the MCU has faced. It was strictly just Spider-Man, a Spider-Man universe, self-contained content that has to do with Spider-Man. And like I said, this film is obviously an MCU film, but out of out of the three, out of the trilogy that, that it is now, the Homecoming trilogy, this film is the most, I guess I'd say Sony Spider-Man film, if that makes any sense. Like strictly Sony. Yes, Doctor Strange is in it. You know, Wong is in it. You know, the Avengers are referenced a couple times. But overall, it just really has the core elements to a Spider-Man film that you'd expect to see. Like I said, from the past films, the Andrew films, the Toby films. Uh, So that was great to see. Uh, Not that I don't like when they reference the MCU. Like, I don't want to get that mistaken. I I enjoyed the first two films uh, with Tom Holland. I enjoyed Homecoming and I enjoyed Far From Home. I know some people you know, have their different opinions. Some people feel that he was too dependent on Tony Stark. And I can sort of understand that to a degree. But for me personally, I enjoyed those films. And, you know, here and there, I don't mind when they reference, you know, some of the events that have taken place in the MCU. Not at all, to be honest with you. Um, But this film, uh, overall, like I said, felt like the most self-contained Spider-Man film. Now, if we move, if we're moving on to Tom Holland being the main, you know, character of this film... I truly believe this is his best performance as Spider-Man. And uh, honestly, I think probably the best performance of his career that I've seen thus far. Now, I know that's kind of like a bold statement. I haven't seen all his films. I haven't seen Cherry. I've seen uh, I've seen the... What's the movie on Netflix? The Devil... Every time I'm doing this podcast and I'm trying to remember films, I can never remember the names. Let me... Uh, it's a film on Netflix with him and Robert Pattinson. It was really good. I, I liked it. Uh, it's the devil, the devil all the time, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see here. Yes, the devil all the time. That was a good movie. He, he, I liked his performance in that. Uh, but really in this film, this is the most range I've seen from him in terms of emotions, in terms of obviously, you know, the physical fight scenes and his ability to really pull off these action scenes. But the biggest takeaway for me was like, the emotional uh, presence that he really portrayed in this film. Like this film got very dark at certain points and obviously I'm not going to explain why, but 
I love Tom Holland in this film. I loved him in the other two films. And uh, I think his performance was fantastic. He he honestly like played the character to perfection. At this point, you know, we've had Toby, we've had Andrew, we're having Tom Holland. I can't really see anybody else right now picking up the mantle and playing Spider-Man at, at this point. Like I know it's possible and I'm sure we will. Obviously, at some point, Tom can't play the character forever and he's already said that. Uh, but right now... There's nobody else that I can see, nor do I want to play Spider-Man than Tom Holland. And I love this performance in uh, in all three films, but really this film was kind of like, you know, the the number one, I guess. Um, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, the film is incredibly emotional. Like it's it does not hold back. Um, not just from Tom Holland, from you know Zendaya and, and Ned and you know Aunt May and Happy. Like the, all the characters, all the supporting characters in this film really did a fantastic job and you know there's a lot of sad moments in this film but I was also like really surprised with how funny this film was at times like I was genuinely surprised and you know I had Noah on last week Noah Webb or I guess the week before and he said that Marvel films have a certain kind of funny and he's 100% right but I feel like this film really kind of changed up the way the humor was a little bit uh, it, it definitely did still have that MCU, you know, one-liner quips and whatever from, from time to time. But overall, I think the humor was actually like a, a pleasant surprise when I watched this film. Like, there was a couple of occasions when I was like laughing my fucking ass off. And there was also some moments where I was genuinely like holding back tears. This is fair. There's been very few times I've ever, I've ever cried in a film. And I'm not just saying that as if like, I'm, oh, I'm super tough and you know, masculine and whatever. Like I'm no, I'm not trying to portray any toxic masculinity. I'm just saying, so it's hard for films that make me emotional like that. There's, there's been a couple times like Endgame brought me close to tears, but I didn't cry when Iron Man died. Uh, some of my friends beside me, when they were with me, they, uh, when they were sitting beside me, they were, some of them were crying. Um, but there's only been a couple occasions where I've actually been that you know, emotional, uh, from a film. And I didn't quite cry, but I was very, very close a couple times. And I can't tell, I can't tell you why that would be major spoiler territory. Um, but yeah, the, the film just is an absolute roller coaster, you know, of emotions because you got to think Peter Parker, and this isn't a spoiler. Everybody knows if, especially if you've seen far from home, this kid is, you know, he's in a fucked up situation, right? Like everybody knows who he is. He can't really live a normal life, right? He's not, he's in the public eye, but not for the right reasons because everybody thinks he killed Mysterio. And we all know that he obviously didn't, but you know, to the public and, and everybody else, that's, that's the perception. That's, that's the narrative that's being tossed around. So, you know, you got to think this, you know, Peter Parker can't even go get a fucking soda down the road. You know what I mean? Like he can't live a normal life. So that can really be taxing on, on a person and, and, you know, that's kind of relatable to, you know, to, to real life to a degree, not, not to me, obviously, but you know, we've seen a lot of celebrities, uh, they, they just can't live a normal life. Like I saw some video of like Justin Bieber, uh, and he, I, I respect him for his approach. Uh, he went to his condo and there was like two fans, two, two, uh, two, uh, two women that were just standing outside, you know, waiting for him to come home to sign autographs. And he told them, he's like, look, like, I get you guys support me and I really appreciate that because I'm paraphrasing like, you know, without you, 
I wouldn't be here for, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without the support of my fans. But you guys also have to respect the fact that I'm a human being and, you know, I need my privacy. Um, I'm kind of getting a little off track here, but basically my point is, is like you can understand from the narrative perspective why Tom Holland is so upset in certain points of this film and the acting, like I, I just, I can't stop talking about the acting, especially from him. It was incredible. Um, now, oh yeah, this is, now I gotta be careful with how I put this. Um, so the fight scenes, we all know there's fight scenes. It's not a surprise. We all know that there's villains in this film. If you've managed to not even watch a trailer, I mean, (laughs) I'm impressed if that's the case. But for most people, if you've watched the trailer, you obviously know that there's multiple villains returning from the other Spider-Man universes. We all know that. It's basically common knowledge at this point. If you don't, you've been living under a fucking rock. Um, And the fight scenes with some of these villains are just fucking awesome this is like the best way i can put it and when tom fights uh when tom fights willem dafoe as green goblin there's a couple fight scenes you just you just see the anger and like intensity that tom holland's fighting with like he's really really bringing like you know the the emotion with these fights because a lot of times like spider-man and this is you know this is true to the character he'll fight uh, you know, his villains and, and and he'll have these like little one-liners and he does in this film, but there's a couple times in this film where he's just genuinely pissed off. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you why, but he's really fucking angry and he is, he's showing it when he's fighting. It's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like if you watch the Batman trailer uh, with, with Robert Pattinson, we could see that, like that scene when he, when he comes up and he's like, I'm vengeance and he starts fucking whooping some ass against those dudes that have like the face paint. Uh, the white face paint on him, you could see he's really just fighting with emotion because obviously the death of his parents. And anyways, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, that's a completely different uh, character. We're here to talk about Spider-Man today and a little bit of Hawkeye actually towards the end of this episode. And the action in this film, uh, you know, I kind of already mentioned it, but the action was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I thought the fights were choreographed very well. And I think Tom Holland said... I, I heard in an interview, apparently he said that he's, he actually tried to implement some some different web swinging mechanics that he saw from the uh, from the Spider-Man video game on PS4. Personally, I haven't played it yet. I got, I got it at some point. I've, you know, all my friends have, have told me how great it is. And, you know, like, like I said, I've, I've played a bit of Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales, uh, but I definitely have to get on Spider-Man at some point. Um, but anyways, like I was saying, the action was incredible. Um, the fight scenes with the villains were great. I feel like every villain in this film was given enough time to really feel appreciated. And they weren't just like shoehorned in like, like they were, they had a purpose for being there. It, it made sense from the, from a narrative perspective. Um, it didn't, it wasn't just for the sole purpose of fan service. Like you can do fan service, but you need to execute it properly. Otherwise it's, it's almost going to just be like a bloated mess. And we've seen that with films. I mean, as much as I am nostalgic for Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, that film just wasn't executed properly in terms of all the villains. There wasn't enough character development uh, and the performances weren't great, you know, respectively, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, well, not for everybody. I love Sandman's performance, but I feel like Topher Grayson, 
Now, Topher Grayson is a really, really good actor. Uh, you know, one of one of the best in Hollywood. But I feel like it just didn't really work out well for him. Uh, I guess a, the best kind of w- comparison I can make to that is almost like George Clooney in Batman. Now, I know that's a little extreme. I think George Clooney was a little, you know, his portrayal as Batman was a little more off the wall from uh, from Topher Grayson, Grayson as Eddie Brock. But I think both actors being, you know, George Clooney and Topher Grayson, I think they were just trying to follow the, the vision of the director. Uh, you know, the director for Spider-Man 3 was Sam Raimi, and then the director for uh, uh, Batman, Batman and Robin was Joel Schumacher. And, you know, I mean, both are good filmmakers. I mean, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to direct, you know, such big characters if they hadn't been good directors. So both of them are, you know, great filmmakers. Like I said, the one thing that I'm not going to do on this podcast is come on here and shit on, you know, people in Hollywood because I myself, I'm trying to make a career in Hollywood. Like podcasting is obviously something I love doing. But behind the scenes, my priority right now is I want to be an actor. I want to be a successful actor. So who am I to come on here and, 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 you know, be all pretentious and start judging these filmmakers and start judging these actors and saying, this, you know, they're, they're terrible. Like, I am in no position to do that. So I'm never going to come on here and say something like that. Um, I'll give you my honest impressions, but I'm never going to be disrespectful towards anybody, you know, in the industry like that. Um but moving on here, getting back to Spider-Man, uh, the runtime. Now, I think the film was about it was about two and a half hours long, including post-credit scenes, probably like two hours and 40 minutes. I could be wrong. Uh, let me actually, let me look up the runtime here. Um, but overall, the runtime was perfect. Uh, there was never a point where I felt the movie was dragging. Uh, there was never any time when I was bored. That's for sure. I felt like the pacing was incredible. There were there was literally like I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Even the moments in the film where there was just you know a little bit of exposition and a little bit of just talking between characters, I was still you know I was I was loving it. I was still entertained. Uh, let me just look at the runtime here. Oh okay. That's a little bit different. It says it's two hours and 28 minutes long. And let me double check that. Let me go on IMDb here. Yeah, according to IMDb, it's two hours and 28 minutes. I guess it's including uh, the credits as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, I I would be all game for a three hour Spider-Man movie, like an end game. Uh, but I mean, Hey, it is what it is. Like I said, I think the, the movie was structured perfectly. Uh, the common theme I'm hearing about from critics is the first half is a little messy. Uh, I don't actually agree with that. I think, I think it was executed perfectly. Really this overall, this movie is like, it's, it's basically perfect. Like I'm not going to completely say it's perfect. It's like out of, you know, a nine out of 10, I'd give it like a 9.5, you know, or, or, or uh, out of 10, rather, I would give it a 9.5. So it's just short of hitting that perfect mark. Um, I mean, if I had to point out things I things I wasn't a fan of, like, I really, I really got to think, to be honest with you, I really have to sit back and think um, without giving any spoilers, obviously, too. Uh, 
Hmm. Okay, actually, I'll say this, um, and this isn't really a big deal, but, and this isn't really a spoiler because you've seen in the trailers that Willem Dafoe, there's there's points in the trailer where Willem Dafoe doesn't have his Green Goblin mask on. I'm okay with that, but I wish there was a, he had a little more screen time with the mask on. Like it was very quick. Like he, he shows up and you know, like the next scene, the mask, like he doesn't have the mask and you don't see it for the rest of the film. So he only has it on for, you know, a pretty short period of time. And I, I kind of wish for more of more or less of nostalgic reasons. I wish that we would have seen him with the mask on more, but then again, Willem Dafoe, the ability he has to like change his face, you know, between the personas because anybody that knows the green goblin the norman osborne character he he has like almost like a split personality he has norman osborne but then he has the green goblin and the ability for him to like change his facial expressions to make it like seem like it's an entirely different human being while being the same person being the same actor it's incredible so like like i said it's a it's a minor nitpick and that's probably what I would call it as a nitpick at this point. But that's really like all I can think of, you know, to be completely honest with you. Um, yeah. Now, moving on here. Uh, yeah, fan service. Um, now, oftentimes fan service is something that can kind of discourage people. You know, they might just, you know, films sometimes will just, you know, throw a villain here, throw a villain there, throw a character here, throw somebody there. And... It's great, but I feel like this film executed fan service the best I've ever seen. Like, and I'm a big comic book fan. I've seen all the MCU movies. I've I've seen pretty much all the DC movies. Like, I love superhero films, so I'm well, you know, up to speed, well caught up to speed with fan service. And I will say, I think this film did it in a way that everybody that was in this film, like I said, there was a reason and there was a purpose for them being there. They weren't just thrown in out of context, like from a narrative perspective, like for example, when I first saw Doc Ock, you know, I was like, okay, like that makes sense why Doc Ock is here. Same thing goes for Electro, same thing goes for Green Goblin, Lizard, Sandman, same thing goes for all of them. Um... Yeah, and just overall, like I said, I mean, the execution was great. Sorry, I have so much, so much notes here. My coffee's starting to get cold. Um, yeah, let me see here. One of the fights. Yeah, and just overall, like I said, the fight scenes. I, I, you know, I talked about you know the fight scene with Green Goblin. The fight scenes overall were great. And I was really surprised with like, you know, how, how, how well they stuck to the, the villains, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm putting this, I'm not putting this properly. I'm very happy with how they stuck to the villains actual origins and they didn't ignore anything like for, for Electro, for example, like they acknowledge that he was blue. Like they acknowledge that he looked totally different. He had like a lot of more hair on his head. He act a lot more geeky and stuff like that. Like Jamie Foxx, his character, like his characters, Max, they acknowledge that they were these other character. Well, they're the same people, but they, 
they acknowledge their roots and they acknowledge what took place in their universes. It's it's not like they just added them in the film and almost tried to retcon anything that happened to them. It, this film, it it's a sequel to Far From Home, but it truly is like a culmination of all the Spider-Man movies in terms of the villains that show up and the villains they reference, you know, their battles they had with the other Spider-Man and they, you know, and, and in a way, Peter, you know, sympathizes for them. And it's, it's, it's very surprising how that dynamic and how that, you know, before the fighting, how Peter interacts with these villains before everything obviously goes to shit and, you know, he has to take all them on. Uh, but yeah, I mean the villain, like I said, I, I can't say enough about the villains. They were fantastic. Um, and as for trailers now, we've all seen with Marvel, Marvel loves to edit their trailers. Um, I think there was one scene I'll always forget, or sorry, I'll always remember from the Endgame trailer. Um, and it's when Nebula is running towards something in the Endgame trailer in the background. The background looks like the Avengers compound that we see in the final scene of Endgame. But that exact shot of Nebula was actually um, was actually on some spaceship with you know Thanos and Gamora. So completely just edit out that background. And I will say, without spoilers, they 100% do that in the trailer. They definitely mislead you in the trailer on multiple occasions. Um, but as for like footage of the film that you do see in the trailers, I would say you see about an hour of the film. No, sorry, let me rephrase. You see footage from the first hour of the film in the trailer. Maybe except for one shot, but I'm not gonna say which one that is. You have to find out yourself. Um, and overall, guys, like, let me know in the comments section, you know, how you guys thought about Homecoming, or Homecoming. Uh, uh, no way home. I was about to say far from home. I was about to list all the fucking Spider-Man movies. Tell me, tell me how you guys feel about it. Um, I haven't heard really one negative review. Uh, like I mentioned, the the only criticism I've heard of this film is that the first half is just like a little like messy. I personally don't agree with that, but I can also appreciate and understand where they're coming from with that. Um, but yeah. Um, and going back to Tom Holland, he truly is Spider-Man and he doesn't depend on anybody in this film because that has been a very common complaint. And I can also understand why. And when he was first introduced, I will admit he was very dependent on Tony Stark. Tony Stark provided him a new suit, uh, introduced him obviously to the Avengers, provided him all the Stark tech needed, like, a the you know the programming system inside the suit i think he called what did he call the you know the, the interface in his suit kind of like how tony stark is friday i think he called it karen if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong um but he was very dependent on tony stark when he was first introduced to the mcu and i feel like gradually as these films these tom holland films uh the spider-man films have have come out and have progressed We've seen him become more and more independent in, in in growing as a human being. And at this point in the film, he truly is Spider-Man. Not, you know, Spider-Boy, not Spider-Child, Spider-Teen. Truly Spider-Man. Like, this this guy, he handles his own. He stands on his two feet and he kicks fucking ass. Uh, and I know Doctor Strange is in this film, but he doesn't depend on him. 
Um, as as I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you know that he approaches Tom uh, or Doctor Strange because he wants he wants Doctor Strange to cast a spell that will make everybody forget he's Spider Man, so he can go back to living a normal life. Um, but then obviously things go to shit because he wants you know he doesn't he doesn't want Ned and he doesn't want you know Aunt May and Zendaya to forget who he is. So it's kind of like a you know difficult situation, and then he just fucks up the spell, and that's how all the villains come. Um. And yeah, I mean, you know, I'm kind of running out of things to say about this film. I mean, it, it, it didn't disappoint and it obviously lived up to the hype. Uh, in my opinion, I think it exceeded the hype, to be quite frank with you. And I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to, re, I can't wait to rewatch it. Sorry, I'm talking so fast. I'm fucking stuttering. Um, I'm excited to see with my friends and family because, you know, I know a lot of them are, are huge fans of the character and... Now I've already mentioned that this is this is my favorite Spider-Man film period out of you know whatever it is nine movies there is now I think. Um, now for comparing it to the MCU out of you know which MCU film I think this ranks. Honestly, I think it is it's top tier. I I think it's definitely in that pool uh, of of you know some of the best MCU films. And to be honest with you. I think it's second place, second place out of all the MCU films that have come out. I think it is second place just behind Avengers Endgame because we all know that is a very tall task to dethrone. And I'm not. And this movie wasn't made to dethrone Endgame. It's not like John Watts, the director, you know, said, "All right, guys, our intention with this film is to beat Endgame at the box office. You know, beat it in." you know, fan engagement. No, no, their, their priority was to make, make a compelling, a compelling, entertaining story. Uh, but for me personally, I think it just, uh, falls short of Endgame, and I give it the second best MCU film subjectively to me, of course. Uh, I think it's the second best MCU film that we have seen yet. And it has been one of my favorite films, uh, of the year. And actually speaking of that, we are obviously in December, we are in the final month of this year. Soon I am going to do, uh, I mentioned this, you know, in the, I think like episode two, I said, you know, by the end of 2021, I want to make a, you know, an episode just talking about the best films I've seen, you know, this year, ranking them, you know, one to 10, and just kind of giving my thoughts and talking about the films that I loved. And uh, we're going to do that probably not next episode, but the episode after. And I may do it like on the 28th or the 27th, or I might honestly do it to start the year of 2022. Like it might be like January like 2nd or something, and I might do a show talking and, and looking back on uh, 2021, talking about my favorite films. So expect that in the future. And this film will definitely be in that conversation. Um. And, you know, speaking of Endgame, when I saw Endgame with, with some of my friends, the crowd was just in, was just insane because that movie in and of itself is, is a spectacle and it's a very rare circumstance of a film. Like it's, it's a shared cinematic universe that has been building up this overall narrative between all the films for about a decade and we've never really seen a movie like Avengers Endgame. So that movie was a huge deal. And I didn't go into Spider-Man No Way Home, 
you know, having the expectations of this being better than uh, and than Endgame. And I've even heard some people try and tell me that this film is more hype than Endgame. I think I think people are wrong. <laughs> I think people are really really wrong about that. Um, I mean, it's I, I guess it's subjective to everybody. I mean, those people that are saying that there's more hype are probably just more hyped themselves for No Way Home than they are Endgame. And then the same thing could be said for me. I was, I think I was a little more excited for Avengers Endgame than I was for No Way Home. But I still obviously was extremely excited for this film. Make no mistake. Um, and when I, anyway, so going back to my story here, when I went to go see Endgame, um. The crowd was insane. There was like, you know, so many moments where, where people were just on their feet, you know, cheering, laughing, crying, shouting. And that de- like that did happen when I, when I went to go see No Way Home two days ago. Like it, it, it did happen. There was many moments when the, you know, the crowd that was that was in the theater uh, was on their feet, celebrating, crying. All that did happen. But I feel like the volume and you know the intensity of the cheering and the roaring, I feel like was a lot greater and a lot louder in Avengers Endgame. There was actually a lot of moments where like I was celebrating, and it was in a moment that you would expect to celebrate during the film, and like there was only like a couple other people like cheering or, or whatever. I'm not saying you got to get up and like. Fuck yeah, you know, like it's a like it's a sports game or something. But animals, like I'm, I'm making it sound like it's like a like a requirement or something. No, but I just expected that during certain moments of this film, people would, you know, the whole theater would would go nuts, and that didn't always happen. Now, don't get me wrong. Without giving any spoilers away, towards the end of the film, there was there was a couple occasions where everybody was freaking the fuck out. So. And I can't wait for you guys to have that moment uh, for you guys as well. And yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I got to say about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, best Spider-Man film I've seen, hands down. Uh, you can try and convince me otherwise, but you won't. <laughs> I'm, it's, I love it. And I'm, I'm really excited to see it again. I'm probably going to see it like another three, four times, to be quite honest with you. Um and yeah, and oh yeah, let me let me talk about the ending for a second without obviously spoilers. I think you guys are going to love the ending. Now, a, a film like this, you know, the scale of this film, the stakes, it is very pivotal to have a successful ending. An ending that can close the character's chapter, but also leave room for, you know, potential other, you know, storylines or characters to branch off in, in, as we've seen with many Marvel films. And don't worry, this film definitely does that. Definitely hints at other, you know, things to come with Doctor Strange and all that. Because we all know that Doctor Strange is getting his sequel in March, I believe. The Multiverse of Madness. Uh, however, though, I do think... I'm a little bit worried that film might be getting... Uh, I was about to say cancelled, no. I'm worried that film might get delayed because of the uh, Om- Omicron variant. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, and I, I'm really worried that that might happen. I hope it doesn't. Uh, but I guess that remains to be seen. Um, but yes, definitely teasing you know, his potential storyline of what could happen in that film. And then 
if we're just looking at Spider-Man, I think you guys are going to love the way this film ends. It ends in a very uh, satisfying manner. It's very conclusive. It definitely closes the chapter on this trilogy while definitely showing you that there's going to be more films with Tom Holland. You know, make, make no mistake. Obviously, he doesn't die. Uh, you know, come up my neck if you want for me spoiling that. I think we all know that he's not going to die. Um, and then Amy Pascal even confirmed before the film came out that they've already re-signed him to another contract and he's already going to be returning for the next couple of Spider-Man films. But the film ends amazingly. It's It really does have a great ending very similar to Endgame's ending not in terms of what happens but in terms of uh like the satisfactory to it um and yeah that's 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 pretty much going to con conclude my thoughts about Spider-Man uh I will be talking further about uh the spoilers I'm going to get right like just down to the details on my next episode um and that Unlike this episode, which mostly consisted of talking about Spider-Man, I'm going to move on to Hawkeye in a second. That episode uh, is, is only going to be about, probably like half of it will be about Spider-Man. But I mean, I guess I'll have to, you know, go, go to the drawing board and figure that one out exactly. Um, but anyways, let me know what you guys think about it. Tell me how you felt. Tell me if you loved it. Don't, don't put any spoilers in the comments section. Um, oh, that actually brings me to the next point. I forgot to I forgot to mention this. Spoilers. If you guys don't want to be spoiled, do not go on YouTube. I mean, better yet, don't go on social media, period. But I've found I've found from my experience, like through Twitter and through um and through Instagram, I haven't really seen any spoilers. Uh, I, I saw like one picture of like it was literally just Tom Holland like fighting like Willem Dafoe. Like and, and that was it. And we we know that's going to happen anyways. And there wasn't anybody else. There wasn't like another villain in the shot. It was just Tom Holland and, and the Green Goblin. So, I mean, that's really all I saw on Twitter and YouTube or and uh, Instagram. But I will say, and I was a little disappointed by this. Um, I saw a pretty significant spoiler by, you know, via thumbnail on YouTube. And that was kind of disappointing um, I will say though, there was a, there's a lot of fucking surprises in this film. Like a lot of surprises that, you know, you guys aren't expecting. Like everybody obviously wants to know the million dollar question is Toby and Andrew in this film. But I will say there are some very unexpected surprises that you guys, you guys aren't ready for. I, I'm just going to be honest. And I can't wait to see some of your reactions and hear what you guys think. Um, but I did see a pretty significant spoiler. Uh, I was scrolling through YouTube and I didn't click on the video, obviously, but we all know when you're on YouTube, you see thumbnails. And I saw a thumbnail that had a you know, certain character and I was like, oh, fuck, I really wish I didn't see that. But I still had a good time. It didn't ruin the experience for me, but you know, I kind of wish I would have seen that my first viewing watching the film. Um, but anyways... Yeah, it was funny because before before Endgame came out, I saw I saw extreme spoilers. I saw some I saw many spoilers. In fact, I saw Cap holding Mjolnir, and I saw Iron Man. I saw I saw three. I basically saw the whole ending of the film. You know, encapsulated in three thumbnails. I saw Cap holding Mjolnir. I saw Iron Man with the with the Infinity Stones and his gauntlet. 
and I saw Doctor Strange's portal, and then I saw the silhouette of uh, Black Panther and Shuri. So, yeah. Um, now, that's really nobody's fault but my own. You know, it's my responsibility as a viewer that if I don't want to get spoiled, I need to stay off social media. And for that film, I, uh, I didn't have the most discipline to say the least, but this film, I, I did have a lot of discipline aside from, you know, the, the one little spoiler. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a significant, well, okay. It was a significant spoiler that I saw for this film, but not to the magnitude of Endgame when I basically saw the third act in its entirety. Um, but yeah, so I know I've said it like three times. I think I'm going to wrap up my thoughts on Spider-Man um, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. Uh, some of you have already seen it if you're in international markets like Europe and such. Uh, but if you're in North America, it is out, it is available, and I hope you guys have as good a time as I did. And uh, yeah, so we're going to transition now to Hawkeye. And I haven't talked about Hawkeye in a couple weeks. I talked about the show when it first came out. I talked about the first, uh, like, I think at the time there was only, it, it was, there was two episodes because it was when the first... Uh, when the show got uh, was first introduced to Disney Plus, but now we're five episodes in, we're concluding, we're a week away from, actually even shorter, we're about like three four days away from episode six, and I'm just gonna say at this point I will be talking entire spoilers, you know, for for the show, and none of the spoilers will reveal anything about No Way Home. Thus far, this show hasn't hasn't given anything away about No Way Home. Uh, so don't worry about that. But I, as for Hawkeye, I am going to be talking about spoilers because, I mean, the show's been out now for a while. If you haven't seen it, that's that's your fault. Um, I guess where do I start? I guess I'll start with episode five and I'll kind of talk about three and four. Um, I would say, yeah, actually, I would say three and four or four and five rather are my definitely my favorite episodes um, from the jump. There's been rumors about Kingpin returning and a lot of people were saying that, Oh, like Vincent D'Onofrio is definitely going to come back as Kingpin from the daredevil series. And I didn't think he was, I did have a feeling that the uncle character was going to in fact be uh, Kingpin just because of his ties to, uh, to the echo character and, uh, but I, I didn't think it was going to be Vincent D'Onofrio. So I was really surprised when, uh, when he came back and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that character in episode six. And I'm sure it's probably going to be a catalyst to what's going to happen with him, uh, in, in the future. But now the next question definitely remains to be, uh, to be seen or to be answered is that will Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin be a, a, re, a rebooted version of Kingpin or will it be the same Kingpin? Um, I'm starting to think that I'm starting to think that they're not going to retcon the character. They're not going to reboot him. I think it's going to be the same Kingpin that was in the Daredevil series. And actually funny enough with the Daredevil series, I'm one of the few human beings on, you know, the face of the earth that hasn't seen this, this show. I've heard nothing but great things. I just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of like the Netflix shows and I'm not just talking about like the Marvel shows, like just in general, the Netflix original films and shows for the most part have been kind of disappointing to me. So that kind of discouraged me from watching it, but people have, 
you know, nonstop recommended it to me. And I actually have just started watching Daredevil. I'm on the second episode when uh, Matt Burdock and his attorney, like his his friend, his his attorney, they're trying to like, they're they're on their first, they've met their first client and they're trying to solve their first case and they just moved into their, you know, um, little, their, their office space. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. And, uh, but yeah, like I was saying with Kingpin, I don't think that they're going to retcon his character. Um, and part of the reason why I believe that is some of the reasons of No Way Home. Now, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but I, I mean, I've already mentioned what I'm about to say. They were very faithful to the villains, you know, stories that took place in their respective, you know, Spider-Man films from years ago. And because of that, like, like I'm talking, they even talked about, now nah, actually, I'm not going to say that, that that's going to be a spoiler, but, um, but because of that, and because they were respectful of, you know, Electro's origin stories with the Amazing Spider-Man 2, and, uh, you know, obviously Willem Dafoe and Green God, or Green Goblin is Willem Dafoe, um, Sandman and, uh, and Doc Ock, I'm starting to believe now that when we see Vincent D'Onofrio in episode six, because we will obviously see him, it's not like that little shot of him on the broken, you know, cell phone screen is going to be the only time we see him. I think that would be a extreme letdown. Um, I, I do think we're going to see him and I do think he's going to reference some of the events that have already happened in, 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 in the uh, Daredevil show. Um, move on here. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard, uh, you know, a lot of people say that, uh, the first two episodes were not really about Hawkeye. They were more about Kate Bishop. And I agree with that, but I think that needed to happen. And I think it needed to happen to, to develop the Kate Bishop character because I would much rather them do that and take care of that early rather than we're like three episodes in and then now they really start to decide to give that character development to Kate Bishop because then I feel like it would have taken away from, you know, the main problem that's going on with the story with Echo and, and, and the tracksuit mafia. So I think it was a necessity and I, th- and I am glad they took care of that character development with Kate in the first two episodes. Now, I mentioned earlier, I really did like the first two episodes. Now, I know some people are kind of divisive on how they feel about the show overall. I really enjoy, you know, I like the Christmas theme. You know, I, I, I really like, I mean, I love Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. I'm going to get into his performance in a little bit. Um, but, you know... I think the first two episodes were really good. And the reason why I'm talking about them specifically is because that seems to be the first two that most people don't like. And I'm not just saying it to, you know, be a contrarian or whatever, like, oh, you don't like that? Well, I do. No, I'm not saying that at all. I genuinely just enjoy the first two. And if you don't, if you fucking hate the show, no problem. I mean, film is subjective as, you know, as my favorite, one of my favorite podcasters, John Campion, excuse me, as John Campy always says, film is subjective and that is completely true. Film is subjective and if you love the show, I don't I don't love the show, but if you love the show, great. Uh, if you hate the show, sure. I personally kind of find myself in the middle. I'm enjoying it to say the least. Not, not It's not the best MCU show thus far. Uh, I still think Loki definitely holds that mantle and I think it's going to be really hard to 
dethrone them. Uh, I think the best chance, I honestly think at this point, um, we've had many great MCU Disney Plus shows, but I think the best chance at knocking Loki off at that number one spot is season two of Loki knocking off Loki season one, because I think season two is going to be absolutely insane with the, you know, the whole thing with Kang. Um, but anyways, I don't want to get off track here with Hawkeye, but yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. And like I said, I think it's a good show. I, 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 I like it. Um, the first two episodes, as I mentioned in the past, I think were better than the first two episodes of let's say Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for example, not better than WandaVision. WandaVision's first two episodes is definitely not better than Loki's. Loki, episode one of Loki is so fucking good. I've probably rewatched just the first episode alone like 10 times. Like that, you know, that, that conversation that uh, Tom Hiddleston has with Owen Wilson, his character, Agent Mobius. I love that scene. Sometimes I'll just replay that scene in general just because I love how Loki is is having like this existential crisis. He... he he just doesn't want to believe that that the TVA is true. And when Owen Wilson's character actually like presents his life before his eyes, shows his death with Thanos, because at this point, this Loki hasn't hasn't seen, hasn't lived through these events. This is a different Loki that we're seeing. That that whole first episode was so incredibly powerful emotionally, and I love watching it. And I love the show in general. I would probably say, not to get off track here, but I'd probably say episode. Episode one and episode five uh, are probably my my two favorites of Loki. You know the the introduction with Kang. I love Jonathan Majors as Kang. I can't wait to see him as uh, as as Kang in Ant Man. Um, and speaking of that, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's actually there was there was a there was a guy on the stunt team, and he he actually wore one of the, one of the shirts provided by obviously the, you know, the film and the crew. And it had a picture of like, he took a picture of it of him wearing the shirt and it had a picture of Ant-Man's mask that was broken. But then if you look in the reflection of the mask, you can actually see Kang and that was quickly taken down. That's not like a clear, you know, image of him, but you can clearly see Kang and be, and you know, if you look at the, the picture hard enough, you could see that they're really being faithful to the comics. He's got the pink purple helmet on the, you know, the violet color and he's got the blue face and it looks like his eyes are almost like lighting up too, which I think is that a sort of like menacing look. Um, yeah, th that's one film that I think is going to knock people off their fucking asses. I'm really excited for that. I think tonally Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, I think it's going to be a complete shift in tone from the first two films. And I enjoyed the first two films. Uh, I loved the first one. I thought it was a real pleasant surprise. When I first heard that Paul Rudd was cast as Ant-Man, I was I was kind of like, okay, you know, you know, kind of an interesting casting choice. But, you know, I, I trust Kevin Feige and it ended up, you know, working out well. And it's and I'm excited to see that uh, dynamic continue with, with Ant-Man and, and Evangeline Lilly and then uh, you know, maybe Lawrence, if Lawrence Fishburne returns and Michael Douglas, I'm excited to see what they do with that third film. I think it's going to get really dark at certain points. And, uh, and yeah, so getting back to Hawkeye, let's talk about Jeremy Renner for a sec, because this show is really showing and really giving that character of Clint Barton a lot of depth and a lot of emotion. Now, we've seen him go through things in the MCU 
Uh, I mean, one of the most sad moments of, you know, for his character was the, the, the introduction to Endgame when we see, you know, he's literally having a barbecue with his family and he turns away for one second. He looks back, they've turned to dust. And at this point, he's on house arrest. So he's, he's got no idea what's going on. He's got no idea that, you know, the Avengers are fighting Thanos and, you know, the world's gone to shit. And he has no idea that Thanos used the Infinity Gauntlet and snapped all half of life. So that was obviously very powerful, uh, very gut-wrenching to just literally see your family disappear. Um, but this show really shows the trauma and and even the physical pain that he's gone through in kind of a funny way. Like there's many scenes where like, you know, like he's like, oh, my back and, and you know, because and, and, it, and it shows like a flashback of all the times he's been hit, all the times he's been you know, knocked down because you got to remember Clinton Barton is, you know, out of all the Avengers, he doesn't have any special abilities. He's just a very skilled individual. Uh, so he's very vulnerable to, you know, getting injured and, and getting hurt and stuff like that. Um, but we're really seeing the implications that the, you know, the death of Natasha Romanov um, and, and his time as a Ronin and, you know, him killing all those people. We're really seeing how, you know, the, you know, the, the damage that it's, that it's done to him. And we're really seeing that he's upset and he's angry and he just wants to spend time with his family. And he's caught himself up in this whole, you know, mess with, with Kate, with Kate Bishop. And I'm really excited to see how episode six ends. I, I think, how did the show end for what was the last Marvel show? I mean, it was Loki. What am, what am I saying? I love the ending for Loki. I wasn't a fan of the ending of WandaVision. Wasn't really a fan of the, actually, actually, no, I love the ending for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I kind of give Falcon and Winter Soldier some, you know, some, some criticism, but I will say Falcon and the Winter Soldier definitely stuck the landing for that show. Um, and I, and, and I really hope I could say the same for this. I hope it's just not, a, like I said, I hope it's just not bloated with, you know, random things happening. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I'm really, I'm really enjoying the show so far. I'd probably give it overall. Actually, I'm not going to give it a rating. I'm going to wait till the, the, the season finale comes out. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably going to cap off episode 14. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my list here of notes. I think I hit everything I wanted to say. Now, look, I, I know as soon as I turn the camera off and I'm editing and all that, I know there's going to, I'm going to think of things that like, oh, fuck, I should have said that. I should have talked about that. Happens every episode. I'm sure anybody else that's in a podcast and can, can relate to that or content creation in general. Uh, but as I'm looking right now, I think I've, you know, I think I've talked about everything. Um, so I think it's going to wrap up episode 14. I already got episode 15 planned and scheduled. And yeah, you know, I will, uh, thanks you. Thanks for everyone for listening and watching and I will see you on episode 15.